Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Angie, Estimate Rocket, and Paint Supply. Welcome to the Painter Marketing Mastermind Podcast, a show created to help painting company owners build a thriving painting business that does well over $1 million in annual revenue. I'm your host, Brandon Pierpont, founder of Painter Marketing Pros and creator of the popular PCA educational series, Learn, Do, Grow, Marketing for Painters. In each episode, I'll be sharing proven tips, strategies, and processes from leading experts in the industry on how they found success in their painting business. We will be interviewing owners of the most successful painting companies in North America and learning from their experiences. What is going on, everybody? So today we are doing a very special episode of the Painter Mercury Mastermind podcast. We have Nigel Castolo, we have Colt Palea, and we have Morgan Zion here. We are going to be discussing Contractor Reboot. It was the PCA event that occurred in Seattle, Washington, November 16th to 17th. A lot of people are uncertain about it. It was a first, really a first of its kind. Uh, it was absolutely exceptional. I was there. So we're going to touch base on that today, deep dive into, into what it was, the experience, uh, because it's going to become an annual event. What's going on, guys? Good morning. Fat and happy today, Brandon. Yep. This is briefly after Thanksgiving, so we're all fat and happy which is mm -hmm. good. Let's get into the genesis of Contractor Reboot. How did this How did this idea come to be? Oh, can we just throw Cole under the bus immediately? <laughs> let's do it. I've, I've been kind of, I, I knew we we're going to do it quickly. So yeah, let's do it immediately. Cole, you did this. Well, uh, it's kind of interesting. So what had happened was um, PC had reached out and, um, and had, uh, had spoke with uh, myself and, and Morgan, uh, regarding kind of this concept of um, refueling contractors and it was kind of based off of these conversations that I was having with a lot of local guys here about where their limits were and 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 just their general pulse and uh, I had learned that a lot of them um, weren't frustrated from a paint perspective but it was like this personal overload that they're experiencing as entrepreneurs and it took it completely out of the the paint bucket, if you will. And um, I realized that there's a lot of us in the business who face the same problems, the same challenges, the same issues. Um, and there's no vent for us as painting contractors that was that seemed like it was uh, approachable, I guess, if you will. Um, and it was like this hidden conversation that was happening as an undertone. Uh, but, but it was very this area where nobody really wanted to go into um, as far as having that conversation. And and so that's kind of where it sparked. And uh, Nigel gave us the support and um, hooked up with Morgan, who I've known for a while here. And it just synced up perfectly. I feel like um, uh, Morgan's background, some of our insight, the PCA support behind it, and it just kind of just went forward from there. So Cole, let's let's do quick intros just so everyone listening knows, you know, who's on. Sure. So we'll go um we'll go Cole, uh Morgan, and then Nigel probably doesn't need to be intro, but we'll do him just in case. So Cole, go ahead. <laughs> sure. I'm Cole Palea, um out of Seattle, Washington. Uh we have a small commercial repaint company, uh, and we focus on really building solid relationships with with uh with our with our first our people. Um um, and our communities, which also strengthens our relationship with a, a lot of our long-term clients uh, here. Excellent. I'm Morgan Zion. I am a local Seattle muralist and wellness coach. And um, I connect with the community a lot through my offerings and services, but I also uh work in paint. And so it's been awesome to collaborate with painting contractors like Cole and business owners to better our city. 
And that's a gross understatement, Morgan. <laughs> I, I would call you a force of nature. <laughs> Thank and you. Now you have to squeeze it into your resume. Yeah, force of nature. Yeah. Nigel Costello, I've been a PCA member for at least 15 years. I have a business in the Boston area that's residential. Um, and also currently the executive director of PCA. And salutations to you, Cole. I think you nailed the description of Reboot. PCA puts on a lot of events. And I think there's a tendency of people to want to present themselves perhaps as more successful, uh, happier, more profitable than they truly are. I think there is a tendency for people to want to put their best foot forward. And that means we can pretend that things are better than they are. And you tapped into, as you referred to it, an undertone or undercurrent of um, challenge, stress, misery. Um, so Reboot was an opportunity for people, for people to gather and say, it's actually really, really hard being an entrepreneur, regardless of the actual space that we're in, uh, applying paint to surfaces, regardless of the surfaces, a space shuttle, a steel girder, a home, the wall of a building. Um, we're entrepreneurs first and foremost, and it is lonely. No one quite knows what it means to run a business except another business owner. And for us to gather and say, yeah, it's been a really hard year. <laughs> These are my challenges right now. Um, I think the concept of reboot applies every single year. We all face the current challenge of um, hiring. When this issue is resolved and somehow we can hire all the people we need, then there'll be some other event and we'll be challenged finding customers or we'll be challenged with cash flow, or some other thing will present itself like COVID that will make life that much more challenging. So kudos to you, Cole, for tapping into that vein and exploring it, developing it, uh, bringing it to the front um, and sharing it with everyone. It was remarkable to be with 65, 70 painting contractors who were just as vulnerable and as honest and as transparent about their challenges as we could have hoped. So kudos. And of course, you, Morgan, had a whole bunch of really burly painting contractors bending and stretching and breathing. I didn't think that was possible. But it was. It was. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Nigel. Thanks, Nigel. So, Morgan, let's kind of run through, I guess, the structure of the event, mm -hmm. you know, for people listening, sort of what, what, how, how did it, uh, how was it broken out? Yeah, so... You know, I've been to a lot of conferences as an attendee and also as a speaker and a moderator. And what I notice is that people get tired and they're consuming a lot of information. They're sitting down for long periods of time. And whereas they are, uh, you know, they are somewhat engaged over time, it's just not possible to sustain that. So you need to drink a lot of coffee. You need to, you know, get some way to get hyped up. And many times, again, it's only coffee and food. And then you're just looking forward to by the end of the day, either drinking or passing out because you're just, you're just a little bit lethargic and there's not much energy in your body, like natural energy. So I was like, what if we break it up into like more engaging, uh, more engaging methods and ways to get people energy? So one way in particular is conversation with others. So the one of the first things we did was we would have, um, say, a speaker and then a roundtable. So you're making those roundtable moments interacting with others a way to get energy because we do get energy by stimulating conversation between others and connecting. Um, if you're not talking at all, right? You're just consuming information. You're not able to express yourself either. So we really wanted to add that into um, a lot of the post session. And then in addition to that, instead of having people on their phones, which is actually an energy drainer, we, we said, you know, phones down and not everyone was, uh, you know, going to follow that, that the whole way, but maybe they were a little bit more mindful about it. So rather than being, uh, like half focus, they were able to focus more intently 
and then have conversations with others, drink water. So I had everybody drink water regularly, which is another exerciser, right? Water, water break, water shot. And then um, we had wellness sessions in between. And these wellness sessions weren't like full yoga classes. They were like five to 10 minute breathing breaks or teaching them uh, ways to decrease their stress levels and re-energize again through breathing, uh, meditation, and, um, and also movement. So like, again, this isn't a full yoga class. This isn't a full meditation series. It's just like, I call them little energy bites. You know, it's like a snack, energy snack. And, um, and it's really interesting because people started to, I think by the end of the day, start to crave it because they're like, Oh, I actually felt a lot better after I did this thing I don't normally do. And it wasn't that hard. Like, you know what I mean? I didn't even have to, all I had to do was stand up and suddenly I have more energy than when I was sitting down. So, uh, that's the long, uh, description of kind of how this, format was but it, we we rinsed and repeated that same thing and by the end of the day I did notice a difference in what I normally see by the end of conferences is that people are just like like I said ready to roll into bed you know and they need a nap they need to just like get away from people but instead um the energy was higher you know people wanted to keep connecting and and hang out and have conversations and um so I was really inspired that, that everybody was on board for the most part, you know? Yeah. Well, I think you did it in a good way too, right? Like it started small and easy. Like it was, um, it was approachable by all of us when you all you have to do is close your eyes and breathe. But at the end of day two, we're all bent over. and we're Yeah. Progress, you know? (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. We're all bent over progress. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Quote of the podcast right there. So the, uh, yeah, so the, for anyone who's been listening to me for any length of time, you know, I'm very practical, hands-on. I really like where the rubber meets the road. That's what we focus on with this podcast. So I had sort of mixed feelings about this conference going into it. I didn't know whether it would appeal to me personally, just because I am so focused on practical. Uh, It did. So it was my fourth event in a period of about two months with the PC. I went to quite a few events. This was the fourth one. What I really liked about it was it did an effective job of sort of like the left and the right brain, kind of the mental health, the emotional well-being, but actually meeting the practical as well. It wasn't, it wasn't, hey, let's meditate, let's get weird for two days, and then let's go back to our business and wonder what we did this past weekend, because it didn't really help. It, it was like Morgan was saying, it was, you know, stand up, hey, we have stress. Right now we're talking about stuff, Let, let's get into finances, okay, that can stress you out. Let's stand up breathing, this, that, whatever. Um, things that people could actually go back, take and implement into their painting company day-to-day life. So I enjoyed that. Um, I also thought the caliber of the speakers was really good. It was, it was, I was impressed by the diversity of it. There was Nick Slavic spoke, Jason Paris spoke, uh, gave really good SOPs. Jason got weird, but that's what he does. So he fit <laughs> right in with this conference uh, into his long lifetime goals. We got some, some pretty um, emotional stuff from some of the speakers, which was good. Helped everybody open up. We got finances, what your finances should look like. Danny Kerr, Breakthrough Academy spoke, um, got into the SOPs. How do you build effective SOPs for your company? I spoke on sales and the mindset there. So it was this really excellent kind of yin-yang thing going on. And I think I think everyone left, I believe everyone left delightfully surprised. They didn't, they didn't register for this thing thinking it was going to be bad, but I don't think they thought it was going to be as good as it was. What yeah, I agree. Like I saw a lot of the um, speakers too um, uh, get vulnerable on stage. Even some people make comments like, "This wasn't the presentation I thought I was gonna give," and changed it up. And and like that was kind of the sense of the room. I think you know, like you're kind of you're. We're all there to be vulnerable, and everybody just opened it up from speaker to everyone engaged. And I think like um, it it was a safe space, uh, Morgan. I think that had a lot lot to do with you creating that vibe and that that space we could all come out a little you know so Mm -hmm. well I want to throw that right back at you Cole because your introduction was on point and I think that it was approachable it was um very vulnerable and you went into I think a lot of what many of these business owners 
from the industry we're facing or have gone through. Um, and, uh, and when you meet somebody, right. And they're jovial and kind and stuff, you have no idea what they've been through in their life to get there. Right. And right. so I think that it actually opened up the bigger conversation of like, wow, uh, maybe we have all been through a lot. And when we're going through a lot and we share it with others, maybe it actually alleviates some of that stress and that feeling of loneliness. And, um, Nigel also opened it up with a really great writing exercise, yep. Which was kind of like right before we went in, you know, right. we're like, hey, can you introduce, you know, everybody? And he's like, well, actually, I have this. <laughs> have you ever heard of the, you know, the intro poem or what, you know? And I was like, what are you talking about? He sends it to me. I was like, OK, I'll make a slide for it. Go on up there, you know, and it was so cool to mm. first of all, hear yours, Nigel, because it was so beautiful beautifully written. I was like, dang, mine's going to suck. Right. But, uh, <laughs> you know, like, wow. Okay. Someone's a writer here. Um, but then, you know, to hear, well, to even see people at the round table, that first moment sitting there intently trying, like making an yeah. effort, everybody's got their journals out. And that was another part, Brandon, that we added was these journals and uh with pens and and really nice journals too so that they felt like okay this is something i need to take care of and this is my property i'm going to start writing so we have them write it and then we have everybody share it and that was so i you know and and i know you guys were at tables too but my table was so like wait we have to tell people like <laughs> you know like oh no you know and it was the first i think that was probably the best way to break the ice because not only is that really challenging to as a writing exercise anyways but then to share it with people you don't even know and it's basically about yourself like your like your background where you're from what you've been through in just a really short poem and you're sharing it with these people that you probably never want to talk to again but now you have to, <laughs> you know it's like really really good so maybe Nigel you want want to touch on how that's impacted you in the past and where how how you just came up with it right then to think of hmm. thank you morgan so the exercise is the where i'm from poem and it's used in workshops to basically break down the boundaries that exist uh, between people who are getting together for the first time and this doesn't need to be about uh kumbaya or deep work it is simply this is who i am and the exercise is not for other people, it's for us. Mm -hmm. So it's describing to ourselves, who am I? How did I get here? Where am I from? So the reference point is who your parents were, perhaps your grandparents, a favorite aunt, uh, the landscape where you were born. Were you born in a farmhouse? Were you born in a city? Um, in wine, they talk about terroir, right? Which is the soil in which the grape is grown and that informs the flavor of the grape. And they talk about rain and sunshine and this and that. We are grapes. And how can we describe ourselves to someone else? It doesn't need to be poetic. It certainly doesn't have to rhyme. In fact, it shouldn't rhyme. But it is simply our own ability to say, oh, so this is me. This is where I'm from. These were who my parents were. This is the stuff that makes me happy. This is the stuff that makes me sad. Cole, you started talking about a serious injury you experienced as a young man. And I remember you actually referenced it in passing when you picked me up at the airport and we were having lunch. I, I didn't quite click on what you were saying until you present. I thought, oh my God, he referenced that. And I never actually followed up to say, wait, what's this FedEx thing that you talked about? And then of course, here you are stuck beneath the FedEx truck as a young adult, broken in many pieces. So thank you. Uh, for sharing that experience and for starting off the conversation on such a profound level. That was remarkable. But, you know, that poem that it, for me, I didn't even, it was crazy because you did that poem at a last minute change, right? And so we're doing it and I'm looking at this poem and I'm like, shoot, okay, I'll just share it, right? Like, yeah. it was like, I, I even, like I, th those are thoughts I never even let out ever. And then here I am in front of this group of people. I'm like, all right, here we go. Right. And, and I think it was just the perfect icebreaker to yeah. like, Nigel ripped the bandaid off early on this thing. Yeah. Yeah, really. right yeah. Well, Cole, you set us up and then Art came out, right. And spoke right. about his experiences. Yeah. Wow. With so um, and then Dean, <laughs> Dean writings, I think 
um, one of our most affecting and impactful speakers approached me in one of the breaks. He said, God, I hated that poem thing. And then I sat down and I started to write it and thought, oh my God, I really need to write my poem. Oh, yeah. so it can initially be a little bit off-putting, like, oh God, yeah. really, you have to do this. But once you start, right. it can be a very profound experience. Yeah. So that was the beauty of this conference is we all have moments where we think, ah, I don't want to do that. But then once the exercise begins, once we actually lower our defensiveness, um, there's an enormous amount of resource and richness that we can bring to a conversation that otherwise we don't make available to other people. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Cole, um, Cole, you had a strong start there to the conference. Yeah, you you um, spoke and and uh, and Art spoke and wasn't really sure that me speaking was a good idea anymore at that point. But the, the conference started <laughs> very strong. Um, but one of the one of the great things about this conference, I think, was a bit more of an intimate setting. So when we are when we are learning this information, when we are getting vulnerable with each other, but then we're also learning some practical things such as finance, things of that nature, and how to incorporate those two. Uh, it it was different, not necessarily better, but different, say, than Expo. Expo, you're you're getting fire hose of information, tons of information, networking. It, it can be a little overwhelming. This conference, I think, did an excellent job of not overwhelming, but really transforming. So I, I enjoyed that a lot. It was very, it was like a family room type setting, except there were 70, you know, pretty successful or maybe not so successful painting contractors in the room, all opening up with each other, all learning from each other and learning from the speakers. So it was excellent. Yeah, I, I do want to say, um, Brandon, you bring up a good point too, because I, I think that a lot of the hesitation for this conference, for maybe from anyone, including yourself, was that, will I go and learn anything? Like, am I going to leave, like, having ingested anything that's going to help my business? And um, and I think that the speaker caliber was so high and so full of information, but also it treaded the line of transparency and authenticity and that, like, vulnerable side that allowed people to be like, wow, not only have these people gone through really hard times, but they're also going to tell me how they got through it and now how they're thriving. So I think that right there, those three steps are um, how Reboot was so different, right? Because then, like you said, like even when you went up there, Brandon, and you shared, you know, this story I don't about- get horrible, Morgan. Keep going. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> the story that you told Brandon was so great. It was like about your the the business idea that you had, and like you know, you go into this dealership trying to get Escalades, I think, right? And you're like, this is going to be the best idea ever. And I know that everybody in the room, including myself, was like, this guy is crazy. What is he talking about? <laughs> this was like, you know. And then we're all, and I think that that captured the attention, right? It's very memorable the the story is very memorable but then when you came in after that with all of this really rich content that helps business owners in that way that they need right think about an, an approach um their business with a different mindset i think that was like it it was it was like jarring in the best way because i was my attention was there i was like oh i guess i should go into painting now you know it's like uh, you know it was, it was really great and i think everybody treaded that line yeah, I don't know if you planned on it, but every time you said we're friends, like we're all yeah. friends, we're all friends. Like that was like vulnerable <laughs> moments that all totally. Like, yeah, we are all friends. <laughs> yeah, that, that just became it's a crutch for me. I did not plan on it, but I think it fit the conference well. Yeah, it that did. Was, uh, it's true. I didn't expect like ten things to go wrong with a projector. For, for me. <laughs> we're all friends here, so it didn't matter. Yeah, right? we're all friends. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just hanging out. But yeah, I think I think Morgan, your point about you know some of these more established people or painting company owners talking about the hardships they've endured. Like I don't think anyone in the room, Dean Ridings runs a, a hugely successful company, he's very big in the PCA. I don't think anyone knew exactly what he had gone through. I know I walked away kind of shocked by that story um, of the hardships that he endured, and it's just it's important. It's important for people to know because a lot of people are still there. And a lot of a lot of the more successful people are there too, and you don't even know what they're dealing with. You think their life is perfect, oh, they have all the money in the world, no problems at all. And then they get up there and they start expressing what's happening. You realize, hey, we're all in this, we're all in this thing together. It's not easy for anybody. Right, right. Yeah, we're all gonna keep in, encountering it too. Like that's the empowering part of it. 
right? It's like, well, it's not just this one time thing. <laughs> it's like, get ready for the next one, you know? Um, and once I think as an up and coming business owner, entrepreneur getting into it and them just knowing that that's part of life, like your graph you showed of the entrepreneurial journey, the up down, but it's, it's all, it's going up, you know, um, that's huge. That's hugely impactful. Like a lot of people had comments on that one graph, like, ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. You know, <laughs> get out of my head. Yeah. You know, so that's good. That's great. And those I think of us who are listening, Brandon's graph is really what you see when you have that needle tracking an earthquake, right? The up and the down as the needle jumps as the earthquake increases and decreases in intensity. And that was um, a great allegory, if you will, for what it is to be an entrepreneur. The ups and the downs are relentless and they can be in the same hour or the same <laughs> five minute window. Right? Yeah. Happy customer, bad customer. Your yeah. best person just quits on you. Like There are so many things that that interfere with our equilibrium minute by minute, hour by hour throughout the day. It's astonishing. Yeah. Yeah. We can live in somewhat in a state of extremes because what we are doing is mm -hmm. a little bit riskier. You know, the risk is higher rewards, higher typically than, than going a more traditional route. But I think that makes it an event like contractor reboot, where you really learn to gain control of your mind, gain mm -hmm. control of your breathing, gain control of your emotions makes it so critical because I think it, for entrepreneurs, I think that's one of the number one skill sets you need to develop as a leader as you grow a company is you need to be steady regardless of what may happen or may be happening or the fears that you may have. You have to be steady because that's how you that's how you win over the long term. And that's how you stay healthy. Although curiously antithetical to the nature of steadiness is sucking down caffeine like it's mother's milk, which is what most people do. Right? Get stressed. This is decaf. I feel like you're you're calling me out. Yeah, the the coffee thing got a little weird. Morgan kept saying you you need water, you don't need caffeine, and then I'd be walking over to the coffee and it's just like a half shame thing. But I I kept drinking coffee. All right, it's a water break, here, Brandon. Uh -huh, okay. It's a water break. Here we go. Water break. Water. I drink I drink a lot of hot water, regular water, because of that very thing. I'm like, I I thought the, I thought it was so fun when we did the water shots. You know, so everybody filled up these like, oh, it's, and I was like, oh, this is so great. And I can see people's grimacing faces. I'm like, do you guys not drink water around here? Like, First time drinking water in a year. Yeah. I know. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was half the room for sure. Yeah. Most of us like adding beer flavoring to water. Yeah. 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 It's a little sprinkle. Yeah. Little, yeah. You know, um, no, I, I will, I will say also is like, um, you know, a person who, is also an entrepreneur, not necessarily in the, you know, painter contractor sense, but as an entrepreneur, um, I mean, I don't have a ton of employees. I don't have the same amount of maybe caliber of business or the operations side of things anymore. But as a, a person trying to hold it down, right. And having goals and having these aspirations and things, and then experiencing, you know, the, a pandemic experiencing the, the hard times and feeling so isolated and alone, and you just don't have a foundation. Um, and, and then expressing that and sharing it is like, ripping off the band-aid because you've been hiding for so long you want everybody to think like we were talking about posturing you know everybody's like oh yeah multi-million dollar business da, 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 killing it you know looks good on instagram but like when you actually share that it has not been okay many times and still like you said the entrepreneur journey is that when it's good all of a sudden it's like why is it down in the dumps two days later like what just happened like well, i thought we were on a high and now we're on a low and the only way you're able to level the playing field is in your own self. Like the only way you can level the playing field because that's going to continue. The graph continues. It's just going to continue. How are you the one who holds the baseline? How are you the one who keeps it steady? And so that's why the importance of self-care wellness plus business is so essential because say you're at one of the highs, right? And you just, you're like, okay, now I'm going to go and do all these things and da because you're not level-headed you're riding the wave of the entrepreneur journey now you're not looking at the when you're not zooming out because you're not balanced you're thinking everything is good but it's gonna drop so like why did you just go high with the high you got to stay middle 
because when it drops, you're so high that drops so hard. That's when you go into depression. That's when you get into addiction because you were so high and you're so low. But when you're able to stay at balance and take care of yourself mentally, physically, and spiritually, you're just like, you're just watching and you're not freaking out. And, and you can actually make better logical decisions as an entrepreneur and a business owner for yourself, for your business, for your employees, and for your family. Because we also talked about you go home as a business owner and all of those lows are going to hit you when you get home because you had to hold it high for everybody for the whole day, right? And you get home and you're just taking it on your family and you don't even know it. Or you're just completely mute. You want to just like zone out, not talk to anybody. So I think that was really big because that was a roundtable discussion we had a couple of times. I think after Dean's, people were really like, it was really serious, the conversations that were being had. So um, I don't know if you guys were at a round table during that time, but that, that hit me hard. But, you know, as employers, we try to stay steady. Right. And then we, re we don't realize that like, I'm a, I'm a non-confrontational, non-reactive person at times. But when I, when there is a reaction, like, uh Oh, Cole doesn't have a smile on his face. I don't realize the effect right. it has on my team because they're reading that. Yeah. And it sends like, it's like, it sends these waves out that affect them that all of a sudden they get, turbulent too because they're like wait Cole's not in his normal mood what, what's going on and right. I don't I'm not aware of that um in the moment and I think that a lot of that tends to build momentum sometimes in another way you know mm -hmm. it's like this offshoot that I didn't intend for my crew to get turbulent just by the fact that I came in with a sterner face you know um, and I think being aware of that before maybe collecting myself before I go to a job site, if I'm, if I just got this bad call from a client or whatever it may be, and then I got to go and meet with my crew on a different job site ha that has nothing to do with that call. I have to, I have to collect myself before I go in there to understand that like, Hey, wait, don't take the problem from here and then take it there when, when really you're, you're the, it's your fault that you made that happen because you right. couldn't stay stable in your, in the spot, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that that for me is a big takeaway that, yeah, everything I do affects many others. And I, I need to be able to know how to harness that, that power a bit because it is a, it is a power good or bad, right? Like it, it is there, you know? And so just being collected in myself to be like, Hey, it's okay to take, two minutes and work on some breathing exercises that that Morgan just taught me how to breathe through my toes <laughs> but, and, you know like you know it it helps a lot you know and it's just a few minutes of solitude of, of being by myself in my own space and and that was that was super helpful love that extreme accountability man you know <clears throat> like you you could go to this other meeting and and you could be upset or flustered or, or whatnot because you had an angry customer or some unreasonable situation, but that would be your fault. So you right. as the leader, you as the owner, it's it's on you to make sure those things don't cross over and right. then you remain, you know, stoic, calm. And I think one of the one of the huge things that I drew from this conference, which was really big, was take care of yourself so you can take care of your business. I think so often we we choose one or the other. You know, it's like work life balance. What does that mean? That means that you're not supposed to work as much. That's what it means. Work-life balance. Oh, you should, you should work less and you should have a better life. But what I walked away from that conference was thinking that, that one doesn't have to suffer because of the other both ways. And that if mm. one suffers, the other is also going to suffer. So take care of yourself, but also take care of your work. Recognize that your family is depending on you. It, it does matter. It's not a real, yeah. you don't have to feel guilty because you have to work or you have to grind at this point in your business journey. That's okay. But take care of yourself both ways and doing doing this stuff, Morgan, that you walk through, understanding the mental exercises, carving out quality time, even if it can't be as much quantitatively as you want at that point. Say if you have kids or this is something I've had to deal with where you couldn't maybe devote as much time as you wanted, but you make sure that you carve it out and you're there mentally because you have control of yourself and you can leave things where they belong. That's huge. And it's super transformative and your life gets better, but your business also gets better. And that's what I think a lot of people don't fully understand. Yeah, someone brought up the example of coloring with their daughter and yeah. not mm -hmm. being like just going their through the, in the business. Yeah, and just not yeah. present there. And then who's been there, right? With kids. Yeah, or, man. Like, just like, 
Oh, that just hit me hard right there because I can't think of how many times I've done that myself where I'm like, business, what's the job? Are we ready for tomorrow? And I'm coloring and daddy, what? Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, and, and. Oh, you're just the worst that. dad. I knew yeah, it. I knew you were a bad dad. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's also to use that experience to fuel you up, actually, instead of like this extra thing, right? It's like, wait, let me take the time to just focus there because. It's actually fueling me up so I can think better about that. And just giving yourself a few seconds, I think, you know, is, is a big takeaway, you know. Right. There is so much science these days studying the impact of social media on the brain. Oh, let alone children's brains or adolescents' brains. We'll start with our brains, right? We're adults <laughs> mostly. Um, and the relentless challenge of distraction and then task switching, which is us performing one task and the phone rings or someone pops their head in and they have a question and all of a sudden we're switching gears. And Andrew Schuberman, who is a neurologist, neuroscientist, talks about this and the need to have those pauses that you just described, Cole, before switching tasks. So actually try and stay focused, get something done, and then take a minute, look out the window, watch a bird fly by, enjoy the sky, and then start something new. And that mm -hmm. enables us to make that transition successfully rather than it just compound a feeling of stress and anxiety that we're never going to get caught up and there's always more things to do. Mm. I'm not in any way a religious person. In fact, the antithesis, and probably if I stepped into a church, a lightning bolt would strike <laughs> me down. But I remember this um, lesson of Jesus suggesting that as we travel from outside and cross the threshold into someone's home, we shake the sand off our sandals before we cross the threshold, which is really task switching, right? Leave all the stuff out and then bring your true self into the conversation as you went to someone's home. And we've all lost that ability. Mm. And again, back to caffeine, we, we compound <laughs> the stress and the anxiety by making ourselves more and more jittery. So I'm reflecting on all of that the work that you do, Morgan, and the, the way you personify Cole living a different kind of life, a more intentional life, and recognizing that a wonderful way for us to start an event like Expo would actually be to ask people to ground themselves before we get into, okay, mm -hmm. here's two and a half days of intense learning because we're right. all in question. And I <laughs> yeah. at Expo that as soon as there's a break, everyone's on the phone. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. lesson has just been learned is basically then diluted by the distraction of a device. Let's just get a big yard outside and then we can take our <laughs> shoes off and go out there and just ground right. real quick, energize Ooh, us, come back in, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, let, I, you know what? I completely agree, Nigel. And that was part of, you know, I asked for some feedback because I always am interested in understanding perspectives, right? And that's the only way I believe we improve is through uh, through just opening up our minds to what could be happening outside of our own thoughts. And, um, you know, that was one of the comments. It's like, we, you know, people are still addicted. You know, they're still like going for their devices. What could we have said to motivate them in another way earlier on, you know, to be like, hey, actually, zero phones. You know, it's like almost like you're in school right now. You know, it's either, it's it has to because it's such a cultural shift, right? And everybody is addicted to their devices and their tasks switching. What is a way without punishing people, you know, like we're used to, we're used to like school method punishment for everything that you do wrong, right? That's not always helpful when you're an adult because you make your own decisions. But what are the other intrinsic motivators that uh, lead to people making a positive change or a habitual switch? Mm -hmm. And one thing, because I've also read a ton of books on task switching and also done a lot of trainings for productivity and task switching is like the ultimate killer of productivity because you actually, not only is your brain not functioning at its fullest capacity, but you lose your focus immediately, though you think you're doing more, right? Your brain is thinking, oh yeah, look at me. I'm doing so many things. Look at me multitasking, getting this done while I'm doing that. But the quality of what you're doing slips. And so it's, it's almost like, uh, maybe in the future, as we continue this this um, this style of conference, is what kind of motivators, what kind of 
way to set the tone is going to really resonate with people to get them to change their mind about what they're doing. Um, and again, instead of punishment, because we're not in school anymore, we're not kids. How do we want to do it intrinsically? We're like, oh, you know what? I, this isn't helpful for me. And I want to change because of something, you know what I, so, so I think that's something that we need to investigate for our further conferences. How do we motivate people to change their mindset around task switching? There's a book right there, Morgan. If you can, if you can find, if you can find I'm that. ready. I'm going to task switch <laughs> down, write it down. Have you ever, have you ever studied or read about writers? who will refuse to leave their writing desk until they've yeah. got a thousand words, 5,000 words written. Mm-hmm. And some writers have a rule. They never go back and read what they've written because they don't want to cross out what doesn't feel right because wow. they just want to maintain forward momentum. Writing a book must be just the world's most miserable experience for terrible. people. Yeah. It sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But quite talk about discipline. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Seriously. Amazing. I, uh, I would say that, you know, out of all the research I've done, when it comes to people's understanding of the brain and when they see it and they see the visual of what their brain, what happens to their brain when they do something, like I think about uh, D.A.R.E. Do you remember D.A.R.E.? They'd be like, this is your brain on drugs. Mm-hmm. And you would see your brain and be like, oh, my gosh, that's my brain on drugs. I'm never going to do drugs. And then you get, and then, and then some, and then it's like, why do we change our minds so quickly when someone's like, you're only cool if you do drugs mm-hmm. as we like, you know, as, as we evolve into this like teenager who thinks that they need to be cool. Right. When we're adults, we no longer need to be cool. When we're adults, we need to take care of things. We need to be responsible. We like listen to podcasts and read books that help us improve, right? Self-improvement books or, you know, ways that we want to become more successful. Mm -hmm. So perhaps one of those approaches could be something aligned with success, right? This is your brain doing its normal routine. And this is the percentage of entrepreneurs who succeed with this way, this this process. Mm -hmm. And this is the way, like the writer's way, You know, we could call it that the writer's way or the entrepreneur's way of success. And this is what their brain looks like at its fullest capacity. And this is what their profit looks like. And this is what their business looks like at that full uh, with with a different um, way of doing things. Right. So that could help. Yeah. Yeah. So the this idea of task switching, Morgan, I think, is part of why people absorb the information so much better. The idea that we stood up and, and stretched and drink water and kind of meditated with, and it wasn't this long thing. I know when I think of meditation, it's like, man, I don't, I don't want to go outside, sit under a tree and sit there for an hour, but you taught us how we could do it in 30 seconds. You know, you yeah, take 30 right. seconds and all of a sudden, you know, see the power of the reset, see how much better the information just um, absorbed and how much, how much we're able to take away. Whereas previously, like Nigel said, we just get on the phone and we kind of forget it right away. So I think that, I think there was a lot of power in that. I want to ask you guys, so for people who are listening to this, Maybe they didn't know about the conference or maybe they did. They were uncertain of it because it is going to be an annual event. Who, and don't just say anyone because that, that's not a real answer. Who who should go to this? Who should strongly consider signing up for next year? Um, well, a lot of people who I um, spoke to pre-reboot, uh, um, it tended to be like, don't say anyone, right? You said Brandon. Well, <laughs> I knew that was going to... Most, the most natural of the contract... answer was anyone who wants to feel better, right? That's the natural <laughs> answer, but I'm going to push you guys farther than that. Ah, uh, you know, it, it became like this overload thing. It's like some people know when they're overloaded. Some people, some people feel it. Like, I'm stressed, I'm stressed, I'm stressed. And and I think that the a lot of the contractors I spoke to at least the more vulnerable ones tended to be the newer ones, like the entry-level contractors, mm-hmm. right? And I would encourage them to come, even though it may seem like this significant investment, which it is, it is an investment and that's what business is. And that's part of, it's not just putting paint on the wall, right? And um, this is a great way, I think, to help build foundational skills that will help them sustain 
more years in the business instead of get to this point of, all right, paint, paint, paint. And then they hit that stress point and then it crumbles. And it's the graph, and, right? And the highs and the lows. The highs and the lows, man. And and I think that if we tool ourselves up as as uh, from the start and provide us with that foundation, I think that that is um, really appealing for a, a newer entrepreneur contractor to come in to have that baseline. But I'd also encourage like the $20 million contractors who feel the same stress that it's okay. Like, like you don't need to be the big giant and fill these big shoes uh, because um, those of us who are newer to the business, um, uh, it empowers, it empowers us to be like, wait, you're that big and you, and you have that much stress and it's a state, wait, that's relatable. And I think that, that support just mentally to know that, oh, these $20 million companies are having the same problems as this $100,000 company. I think it makes the business much more approachable and the community a lot more like communal, actually, you know, like, yeah. like supportive of each other. So I would say like a lot of those, those early entrepreneur contractors just busting into the market. Highly encourage them to build that foundation and some of those veterans who don't think like this is, will help them. I think maybe this might help you d determine and and lay out the 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 next seasons, as Dean will say, you know, the next seasons of their career. Like the ones who are asking, what am I doing this for? <laughs> like, wait, yeah. what did I do all this? For? I mean, I can't, you know, and those those contractors who have that question, I think would would be very beneficial uh, to this and if you're running a, a really you know 20 million dollar company really big and successful company and you want to help others maybe there's an opportunity to speak and share your journey because you've yeah, gone through a lot totally. of this stuff as well along the way yeah morgan nigel what do you guys got nigel you can go first <laughs> Socrates said a life unexamined is not worth living uh, reboot invites us to pause and reflect we don't need to be living in crisis or experiencing misery or pain reboots are just an invitation to hang out with people and, and reflect on okay so this is where i am this is what's working this doesn't work so well the reason we brought in such a varied array of speakers um Reboots designed to both re-educate, re-inform, and reinvigorate. So we learned from Nick, we learned from Jason, we learned from Dean, we learned from you, Brandon. And Reboot was not simply navel-gazing. It was a chance to look at what works, what doesn't work, and then hear from people who are doing things perhaps a little bit differently. Um, and people who are specialized in different aspects of the industry. There's so much to learn. The day we stop learning is the day we become irrelevant to everyone, to the world. So reboot is not for anyone. Reboot, reboot is for everyone. You're always getting better. You're always getting better. You're getting worse. You know, there's no such thing as static in this world. Right. I mean, to echo with, you know, what Cole and Nigel have said, I believe that it's definitely for entrepreneurs and I think anyone who is an entrepreneur and looking to gain insights and also connections should come because um, it's uh, because so many people from not just the Pacific Northwest were here. It was actually um, like it was more of a cross nation conference. So people from every region could come and connect. So, again, it's not just about, oh, just my business and only my business business i'm going to focus on this information and take it and leave you take connections with you as well so if you're looking to broaden um say your um your field or your understanding of the business and also get connections you got to come yeah. yeah so my my question was a bit of a trick question because i actually do think every entrepreneur could benefit from it i just wanted you guys to dive into some specific <laughs> avatars you know when we were talking yeah. about this what a trickster uh, a trickster so do you guys have anything you want to add before we wrap this up? Really appreciate your time sharing your experiences and talk about the conference here. Sure. I, you know, I just thanks PCA for all the support to kind of, you know, trust us 
a little and and to kind of go even though we didn't know what the the past might look like or the marketing guy doesn't know what the hell we're marketing right like that took a lot of trust i think for for you guys to kind of back this this idea and and push through so you know so thank you thank you nigel thank you to the pca team and and the board for supporting this you know what i did what i did learn is that I think the approach to this conference was not a, just the paint thing. It was a it was a construction industry curveball, right? Like this concept, you could take the word paint out of it, and it's really this industry changing kind of approach to to bit the business of it that that I think sets off a good I guess um start to to see the potential and the impact that something like this can have on on a lot of construction professionals, you know? So, um, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Nigel and, and PCA for all of the support and Morgan, of course, <laughs> my homie. <laughs> Thank you, Cole. I, I would just say all of those things that Cole said, I totally agree with. And again, thank you, Nigel, for trusting us and, um, and recognizing that we have something special and professional to share with the world and also with um, contractors in general, you know? So, uh, and Cole, thank you so much for always like you, you made it really fun. Like he and I had a lot of fun planning and and making this uh, something that was really authentic, but also professional. And um, I think, uh, again, the the um, lineup of speakers and the people who attended were like top tier, top quality. So being able to, you know, brush shoulders with everyone was uh, a huge a uh, step in the right direction, I believe, for PCA and for myself as an entrepreneur, and also connecting um, to uh, to a broader audience. So, thank you so much for for this opportunity. Mm. My final words: There's a, a bumper sticker from my youth: "If the people lead, eventually the leaders will follow." And I referenced at Reboot PCA is built by members. It is not a top-down organization. It, it receives wisdom from its membership and then applies that wisdom across the um, association and shares it with the entire industry. So thank you, Cole. Thank you, Morgan. Uh, your initiative, your leadership uh, was risky as well. Uh, we're happy to have embraced it and happy with the results. And here's to next year. Thank you, Brian. Yeah. Contractor Reboot 2024. We will see everyone there. Yes, sir. Right on. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks. Happy if you Monday. want to learn more about the topics we discussed in this podcast and how you can use them to grow your painting business, visit paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast for free training, as well as the ability to schedule a personalized strategy session for your painting company. Again, that URL is paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast. Hey there, painting company owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Give us your feedback. Let us know how we did. And also, if you're interested in taking your painting business to the next level, make sure you visit the Painter Marketing Pros website at paintermarketingpros.com to learn more about our services. You can also reach out to me directly by emailing me at brandon at paintermarketingpros.com and I can give you personalized advice on growing your painting business. Until next time, keep growing. Painted podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.